Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon, and thank you for your interest in the development of FSMIT in the first half year that we are reporting today. Definitely a very eventful period, and recent turbulence has reminded us that it is prudent to include a disclaimer regarding forward-looking statements, as most companies do today. And after you've had time to familiarize yourself with this, I think it's safe to move on. Now, Evans Smith can't influence whether politicians might react to the financial turmoil. And we can't know whether our customers might react to it in the very short term. But we can't see exactly what is in our order backlog. And we do control completely how we use that. And on basis of these facts, we are very comfortable with our key messages that, as usual, are stable, so that we are maintaining our full-year revenue guidance completely unchanged, in spite of the deferred revenue from North Africa that we reported after the first quarter. And even more importantly, we go on to say that our full-year EBIT ratio guidance is also unchanged. As we already now can see that we expect a better product and product mix in the second half. Last but not least, it is very positive that we have very high customer service activities in minerals. The key figures show that the order intake is on par with last year when we adjust for the extraordinary intake in large operation and maintenance agreements of 1.8 billion last year. Revenue is a bit down due to the deferred part and whereas the contribution ratio is completely unchanged compared to last year. The EBIT ratio is down with the deferred revenue and thereby a lower operational gearing, and therefore also the results down with 5%. The cash flow from operations is, as always, fluctuating with the volatile <coughs> working capital. Cement has now become the smaller brother with 42% of the revenue of our group. But thanks to a strong EBIT ratio, still delivering about half of the results. So minerals has now overtaken as the major part of our revenue, 51% in the first half, and accelerating, taking two-thirds of the order intake. The Market trends are, according to our customers, basically unchanged, and it means continuing positive investment trends. Of course, the uncertainty has increased very short term, but this is not likely to influence the picture of the whole year, and therefore our expectations for the full year total market, for instance, in cement of 65 million tons of new capacity, is unchanged. The cement proposal activity is especially high in India, Russia, and Latin America. 
In North Africa, we are back in full force, both in Egypt and in Tunisia, whereas we are still not back in Libya and can't know exactly when that will be possible. And then in India, uh, is investing a temporary economic slowdown due to the very high inflation rates at the moment. In minerals, we continue to see very high proposal activity, especially within coal, copper, and iron ore. And with that, I'll turn it over to Paulie Doctor. Yes, um, focusing now on, uh, on the revenue side, uh, revenue is down by about 2% compared to the same period uh, last year, that means first half, um, due to the deferrals in, in, in Northern Africa. So, um, and, and the gross profit is, uh, is completely unchanged and 25.4%. So actually no major changes either in the revenue or in, in the gross profit line. Order intake and, and backlog. As you can see here, we've been through an, an upward trend in um, uh, culminating in the, in the second uh, quarter of 2010, and that is now being repeated here in 2011. Uh, sentiment is building. Uh, we are seeing uh, good order intake. Um, combined, the order intake is, however, down 13% compared to the same period last year. But once again, uh, minerals is up. That's the traditional picture we're seeing right now. Uh, cement is, is, is down, but minerals is up. Um, the unannounced orders, which is uh, very good news, that's the base load, uh, the bread and butter, the daily bread and butter, is uh, at an all-time high level compared to the previous couple of years and the high since uh, the peak in Q3 2008. Um, the backlog is up 5% since end of uh, last year, and book-to-bill ratio is uh, uh, clearly more than 1%. Uh, sorry, more than 1%. SGNA ratio, well, it's up by about uh, 3% uh, in absolute uh, uh, terms of uh, corona, and um, that's mainly to do with the ramp-up of, uh, of costs in minerals now that we are seeing this uh, huge order intake. Uh, we need more people, uh, which is good news for everybody. Um, furthermore, it has, of course, the one negative implications. It's cost here and now, but it can support a good uh, product execution later. So the only reason why we're down on, on, on the EBIT ratio is because of, uh, of the SGNA. We are investing in, in people to deal with, uh, with, with the growth in, in the order intake. So... Um, Really a, a natural movement there. Cash flow, we are positive on cash flow from operation uh, again after a small dip in Q1, positive by about 400 million kroner. And investment, well, we are continuing our extensive program of investing into uh, uh, in-house manufacturing capacity both in China and India and service centers. All of that will, uh, will longer term improve the the gross margin, the, the contribution margin, and the EBIT margin, and it's more uh, stable and, and recurring uh, revenue that we thereby enter into. So it's an investment into the future. We don't have doubts about the future. We are continuing to invest. We also keep our full-year guidance on, uh, on cash flow from investment. So uh, no hesitation there. Working capital, well... We managed to drive down the working capital just by, by a little bit, about 150 million kroner. 
And that's really despite prepayment is going down. So we are squeezing the balance sheet, getting more out of it. And the day the prepayments, uh, especially on the big cement orders, are back, uh, it will look uh, even more nice on the, on the working capital side. So I would say despite uh, reduction in prepayment, we, we see also reduction in, in working capital. And the financial platform is uh, still very strong. We have almost 700 million uh, net cash. Uh, maybe not today because um, we bought actually a company today, so maybe it's a little bit less than 700 million today. But uh, at least we had the end of first half 700 million net cash. And uh, we expect to continue to do M&A. We are not in doubt about the future. Um, I think a lot of people are in doubt about at least short term, but uh, longer term we are not at out in doubt about our, our two core segments, uh, cement and especially mining. So therefore, we have the cash uh, to do M&A, and we intend to continue to do that. Uh, also on the equity side, we have a strong balance sheet uh, with an equity ratio of about uh, 34%. So all in all, we believe in the, in the, in the future, and uh, we continue on the M&A side and uh, on the organic side uh, doing investments. We also ramp up in people. And it's not because we uh, we uh, are naive. Uh, we we know that there are some uncertainties in in the world, but we have to look beyond the next uh, couple of quarters. And with that comment, I'll hand the word back to Hunu Rasmus. Yes, talking about acquisitions, uh, they are an important part and will continue to be of our growth strategy. And we are systematically looking to find bolt-on technologies. And a recent example is the acquisition from last month of Dynamec, which is a gear manufacturer, an Italian company that was founded in 1961. They are highly specialized in girth gears and would be exactly what we needed for our gear uh, business, which is located in Switzerland and in Poland. So it complements our flow sheet in Eversmith Mark Gear. They are now offering drive solutions to both the cement and the minerals industry, and in addition, they will support our focus on customer services. And we continue. So the latest is from early this morning when we signed to acquire Philips Kiln Services. This is not new technology to Eiffel Smith. No, this is instead a strong, experienced service organization with a global footprint a U.S. company that was founded in 1969, specialized in maintenance, reconditioning, and repair of kilns and similar equipment. And it was a perfect fit for our general global service offerings. It is adding a unique network of local specialists, which will increase our geographical footprint, 190 specialists. Turning to cement in general, it was hit, as we mentioned after the first quarter, by the disturbances in North Africa, which deferred water intake and revenue, not just in the first quarter, but also in the remaining quarters of the year. And therefore, it is no surprise that both the water intake and the revenue in cement were down Whereas the contribution ratio increased, and this is thanks to a favorable product and product mix in the first half. The EBIT result is, of course, down with the lower revenue and thereby also 
lower operational leverage. The increase of, in employees of 7% is uh, only due to the new large O&M contracts from last year. And these are blue-collar workers that are paid by our customers. In cement, the underlying market development continues to be moderate but uh, constantly positive, and thereby supporting the increase in investments. We see very good prospects, and uh, the general view is still that the increase in cement consumption this year will be between 4 and 5% globally, even when we exclude China. We see especially positive development in Russia, in Russia, Latin America, and in India, although there is um, a short-term uh, temporary slowdown in the economy in India. Uh, despite, for instance, the latest news, which is that in the last month of July, the four largest cement producers in India had a sale and production which was 16% up compared to last year. The revenue in cement was unchanged from the first to the second quarter, whereas the EBIT ratio was up from 8.4 to 10.3%, thereby lifting the EBIT with one-fifth. Our best estimate for the total market this year continues to be unchanged at 65 million tons of new capacity. And looking just a bit further ahead, this level is also supported, for instance, by analysis saying that the expected compounded annual growth rate from 2011 to 2015 will be 8% in important cement markets such as India, Russia, and Nigeria, and another 5% in other important markets such as Brazil, Egypt, South Africa, and Indonesia. The order intake in cement was up one-third in the last quarter compared to the first quarter. This is thanks to two major contracts exactly in the countries that I mentioned, one in Russia and one in Nigeria, whereas the unannounced smaller orders are up a more moderate 8%. The backlog is down 11% compared to last year, but still at a satisfying level. And the uh, drop in order intake compared to last year is due to special extraordinary intake in customer services that uh, Diana Monica will tell you about. Thank you. And our customer service business in cement uh, continued to grow despite a lot of turmoil, in especially in Northern Africa countries. Uh, CS revenue is up 3% year on year. Um, and the share of customer services of the total cement business is now up to 38%. If we take a look at the figures for order intake and clean for the big O&M orders we got last year in the first half, uh, we actually also increased order take, intake here as well. So we continue to grow the customer service business. The acquisition of Philips, Philips Kiln Services is a pure plug-and-play 
uh, acquisition and had a perfect fit into our uh, CS business with a footprint in Australia, in India, in UK, in UAE, in Mexico, in several places in the US. So we look very much forward to integrate that. And by that, I will hand over the mic to Christian Jebsen. Thank you. Uh, talking about uh, minerals and the uh, performance for the first uh, six months of uh, 2011. Uh, I would like to start out just making reference to uh, previous uh, earnings calls, uh, where we uh, every time we were asked about the overall business activity, we stood up here and uh, confirmed the fact that we were indeed entertaining uh, quite a healthy uh, inquiry list, a healthy proposal backlog, both with respect to uh, the quality and the, uh, the amount of uh, communication we had with uh, propo our proposed uh, customers. And as you can see, for the first six months, uh, we're very happy to, to announce that quite a, a piece of that uh, proposal list has now been converted into actual contracts. And as such, uh, we have added uh, 7.3 billion kroner to the uh, backlog, which is up 11% compared to uh, the previous period in uh, 2010. And since we only took the revenue 4.7, uh, tells you that we actually added to the uh, backlog uh, close to 2.5 billion kroner, a backlog that now stands at 11.7 uh, billion kroner, uh, up 20% uh, compared to end uh, 2010. We mirrored through the uh, top line 4.7 billion kroner, and uh, with that top line came a, a contribution margin of 22% uh, for the first six months, uh, short compared to the uh, comparison period uh, 2010, but explained by the fact that uh, in the, in the uh, Q2 uh, uh, numbers, we had to make a, uh, an adjustment and uh, adjust the cost to complete uh, with respect to uh, two specific uh, projects. The overall performance uh, ended up yielding an uh, EBIT ratio of 7.2% uh, compared to 8.6% uh, last year, partly explained by the fact that, as you can see on the, on the last bullet, a further investment in our payroll, adding more headcount over the last 12 months, 28% uh, compared to uh, a year ago, more than 1,000 employees coming uh, from an acquisition, uh, coming from uh, the fact that we want to reinforce our sales uh, activities, but now also with uh, people in the operation that needs to help us to execute this very large uh, backlog. With respect to order intake and the backlog, as I said, we're very pleased to, to announce the fact that uh, this inquiry list is starting to basically convert into to orders that we uh, continue to add to the backlog. More importantly, uh, 4 billion kroner in uh, Q2. And uh, please note here that that's very similar to the uh, Q2 2010, which itself was uh, quite a record. Difference being this quarter that uh, the bulk of the uh, 4 billion in order intake is actually deriving from so-called unannounced orders, which in Q2 is on a uh, similar healthy level than uh, we announced for uh, Q1 which explains to you that uh, the, uh, there's uh, quite a utilization going on in the mining industry in terms of existing mines, uh, and thereby the OPEX, very strong aftermarket activity, but also uh, specific products are being sold into uh, uh, different customers. So all in all, a very uh, satisfactory uh, uh, order intake. Again, spillover effect to the backlog, as I said, stands at 11.7 billion kroner, the highest 
if you look at the, uh, at the comparison that we have here in this uh, particular chart. I should say that the, uh, there was three major orders announced versus one in, the, in Q1, so uh, so far four major orders this year, and in Q2 we uh, saw activity in the copper and a very large uh, order in Morocco with respect to uh, phosphate. So again, uh, a very busy uh, first six months, adding to the backlog, a backlog that gives us very good visibility in terms of <coughs> the future, uh, which also allows us to, as you can see, keeping the, uh, the guidance for the uh, fiscal year 2011. We normally show the distribution of order intake uh, here in terms of industry, as you can see, uh, copper, coal, and gold leading non number one, two, three, similar picture in the, in the first quarter of uh, 2011. And with respect to technology, two-thirds of the activity resides around uh, comminution and uh, separation. A slide that shows the uh, distribution of the order intake uh, of all 7.3 billion, more so to show that it's not in specific pockets. We see the overall activity. It's basically throughout the world when it comes to our mining activities. Uh, for the first six months, uh, the, uh, the, the, the leading part in terms of uh, taking the first uh, position, pole position, is North America, followed by Africa, where we include uh, Morocco, and then uh, South America. In terms of the, uh, the current business environment and, and the outlook, uh, I would like to state that uh, despite the uh, global uncertainty that we have uh, witnessed over the last three, four weeks, uh, I can confirm that uh, so far it has not had a uh, negative impact uh, on the market that uh, we serve. I can confirm that we are still entertaining a very high uh, inquiry list. It's actually at the same level as it was uh, entering uh, 2011, which tells you that the amount of uh, orders that we booked, the 7 billion, has not diluted the uh, inquiry list. So, as I said, we don't see any slowdown with respect to uh, potential uh, orders uh, in the marketplace uh, as we stand here in uh, the month of, uh, of uh, August. Uh, again, we take, continue to see quite an appetite around our customer base in terms of CapEx, uh, and again, OPEX uh, is, is at a very high level. Uh, result of the same is that we are starting to see some of the lead times starting to, to uh, extend in terms of uh, delivery. We said the same last week, uh, last uh, last quarter, and uh, as I said before, we are actually uh, entertaining uh, through supply chain management that situation to the extent that we maintain our competitive uh, advantage in the marketplace. So all in all, I would say that uh, we continue to see activity, and as uh, Mr. Rasmus mentioned, uh, going forward, the main activity is indeed in coal, copper, iron ore, and I would also like to add here... Uh, Gold, particular uh, for, for those four components, uh, very busy around uh, comminution and uh, material handling. So all in all, a, uh, behalf of minerals, a uh, satisfied uh, first six months of the year, and uh, we now enter the second half of the year uh, very confident with respect to uh, both uh, continued order activity and also the uh, profit and loss account, and in that respect, the, uh, the level of earnings. So with that, hand it back to Jana. And uh, in minerals, our customers are indeed <coughs> very busy and run all their plants and their equipment uh, with full capacity utilization. And this is also the reason why our activities and order intake and revenue in CS, customer services, minerals, 
is so high and has improved a lot. Order intake is actually up 31%. And uh, if we go to revenue, it's up 20% year on year uh, and accounts now for also, as in cement, uh, roughly 37 38%, very healthy share. Um, we continue also here uh, to contribute to the uh, CS uh, growth, as, for instance, the acquisition of uh, Dyramig in Italy uh, uh, will probably serve half of their revenue uh, to the minerals industry, and we can now serve uh, and source all big ringers, et cetera, from, uh, from in-house. So that will, uh, that will also support that. Um, so a, a very good uh, situation, and uh, please remark here that now uh, it's record uh, order intake ever, more than a billion in a quarter, and also revenue is uh, actually approaching very closely now to one billion also in a quarter when it comes to revenue. So a very good situation. If there is a slowdown anywhere in, in minerals, I would say that that will only support actually the growth in the CS business because then, uh, then they just need to get even more out of their equipment. And by that, I would like to turn the microphone to... No, I will continue with Sembrit, sorry. Sembrit is our fiber cement business. And... Um, um, revenue in our fiber cement business was up uh, by 9% compared to last year. We continue to sell more products with a higher value uh, for our customers, and this is the reason why our margins also have improved as well. Um, we have uh, cyclicality in, this, in the fiber cement business when it comes to seasonality, uh, as uh, we always have, and you can see here that uh, on the next slide that uh, in Q2 and Q3 are typical the high season, and Q4 and Q1, which is also the Q1 has been the, the case this year, um, has also uh, had a lower um, sales and, and EBIT. But uh, we have improved the uh, bottom line and doubled the bottom line, and we continue to improve our business, uh, both when it comes to financial uh, performance and also our market position. And by that, I will turn the microphone to Jan Hunger Rasmussen. Thank you. The future global outlook is, of course, in general, more uncertain in the very short term. Therefore, we are very happy in Eiffelsmith to have a business model which safeguards us and makes short-term unimportant. Thanks to our very strong order backlog, we always know what to do for the next nine months. It gives us plenty of time to follow our customers, any developments in the market, to evaluate, to plan, and if necessary, to execute whatever is required to optimize our possibilities and opportunities in Smith, which we have successfully done in the past, also through the global financial crisis, and which we plan and intend to do in the future also. But we don't see any needs of that as for now, and we don't have any plans for any adjustments of our activities. Our resources are fully utilized and will be for the coming quarters also. Therefore, we can confirm that our guidance for this whole year is completely unchanged with the total cement market of 65 million tons. The revenue of 21 to 22 billion at group level, the EBIT ratio between 9 and 10 percent. And also, this goes for the 
segments. Now, what if we look a bit beyond short term towards next year? Well, no one knows for sure, but let me give you just one fact. A recent survey by Citigroup regarding the capex in the minerals industries saying that they are expected to increase by 19% in the coming 12 months compared to the previous 12 months. And this is up from 17% when the same survey was done after the first quarter. This recent survey was done in July. Now, beyond that, longer term, our expectations are completely unchanged because the drivers fundamentally for our businesses are completely unchanged, the urbanization and the industrialization, and therefore also our long-term guidance is unchanged. So, in conclusion, the key takeaways from today are that we see a strong development continuing in the order intake and revenue in minerals, not least in customer services, and the positive news is that there are indications that this will continue with a very high proposal activity. And this has now had as a specific consequence that our lead times in specific technologies have gone up by 25%, which is demonstrating the high activity level. In North Africa, we are back, as I mentioned, in parts of it. We still know, don't know when to be back in Libya, but we see very good opportunities in many other markets, and that is also why our full-year guidance is unchanged, based on what we know, based on our strong order backlog. And we can therefore promise you that you will be seeing clearly improved both top line and results in the second half. And with that, we'll be open to any questions you may have. Lars Toppern from uh, Carnegie with a couple of, of questions, I guess, uh, surprisingly to you, Christian, on uh, on your two projects uh, where, where you uh, had to take a 58 million corner write down. Can, can you, as I understand it, these two projects are not uh, the same type of commodity and it's not the same type of technology. And that, of course, makes me wonder, okay, if in two commodities and two technologies you suddenly encounter problems, what more are we going to encounter in Q3 and 4? What, what is in the backlog which you just haven't seen yet? I wonder how and when you found out there were problems on these two specific projects. And I wonder whether it's related to technologies you did not understand well enough or whether it's a result of too aggressive pricing back in 2019 when you took these orders or whether this is just... You know, a blip, and, and I guess a more fundamental question because with you guys around, I think this is the first time ever we have seen something like this. Is this, I discussed with Penilla earlier, is this just because you've been lucky? Is this something we should factor into our models when we try to guess your margins going forward, or how do you see that? Uh, first of all, I think I can confirm it's not a matter of luck. Uh, but uh, I like the way you started out because uh, you said uh, surprisingly. And uh, let me just start my 
my uh, answer to your question by saying, uh, surprisingly to the extent that uh, you're right, you have to go back probably to 2005 in order to find a similar uh, statement in, an, in, uh, in a financial report from Evelace talking about a loss-making project, which actually goes to talk about uh, how an impressive track record we have had. Because as you all know, this is a uh, project business where things is not like a straight line. There are ups and downs. And uh, this time around, uh, we have an unfortunate report on uh, two loss-making projects. We have a policy. We don't talk specifically around those projects and, and the details around the same. But let me just uh, state the fact that we have ring-fenced those projects as soon as we learned about the, uh, the, the issues. We have made the necessary precautions. We have made the necessary changes, including to our project management uh, with respect to those uh, projects. And we have made, as you can see now in the, uh, in the uh, earnings, we have made the uh, adjustment to the estimate to complete. We have been through, as we always do, the, uh, the entire uh, product, uh, project portfolio, and I can confirm there are no other projects in the existing portfolio that has a similar profile which also tells you that this is uh, a one-off in Q2. And there's nothing else to be worried about. Uh, we know our technology, and uh, this is a project related to, to the past. Actually, further back, uh, you mentioned 2009. They are a little, a little older than that. So I think the important part here is to confirm to, to, to all of you that this is a one-off. And uh, we are very confident that there uh, will be no further reporting uh, around those projects uh, going forward. But have in mind that this is a project business. And uh, as I said, you have to go back six, seven years to, to see a similar situation, which is actually very impressive. Let me just add, as Christian said, yes, it's a part of uh, project business. And yes, I can confirm you can uh, factor it into your spreadsheet. So the next influence will be in 2017. <laughs> okay, I, I do have some other questions uh, also, and that that goes with. I mean, with all respect, back in 2008, when when we saw Lehman falling, and we had discussions about outlook, and and initially we were all uh, less upbeat than we should have been. Uh, is there any sort of change in the tone when you talk to customers? I mean, you mentioned Jan, that that you know. Your order backlog was intact. That was correct, but $3 billion of it actually was put on hold back then, which to me is not as good as if you execute on, on those projects. Uh, did you see anything, any change in, in, in tone, any change in sentiment, any change in competitors' behavior, someone becoming more aggressive on price because they worry? Uh, are there any repercussions whatsoever? None whatsoever. There are always uh, local uh, differences. We have a local political situation in North Africa. We have uh, an issue in India where uh, thanks to the high economic uh, uh, progress, there's high inflation and the politicians are trying to put uh, uh, brakes a bit on that with the high interest rate and say for a quarter or two, that will give a temporary slowdown on the economy. So we have those local uh, situations, but we have no general hesitation. We have no indications whatsoever from any of our customers that they are hesitating or backing out or anything. And then the one final question, then I'll hop back into the, the Q. I hear from a couple of your competitors that, that 
Uh, Chinese competition is becoming a little bit more visible, at least in tenders, in, uh, uh, especially in crushing and grinding. Is that a tendency you're seeing? Uh, specifically, they're mentioning Citic, uh, but there should be a couple of smaller players also. We know Citic uh, very well because uh, we taught them a lot about uh, how to make uh, mills and uh, crushers uh, since they were our supplier for many years. Uh, and yes, we are aware that Citic has taken uh, one or two uh, contracts uh, internationally. Uh, but we see this as uh, the uh, normal pattern that uh, there are companies in, in China trying to break out uh, internationally. And we haven't seen over the last couple of quarters any change as compared to the situation. Thanks. Okay, that's very easy. I don't need to touch it. Okay, it's Kenneth Leiling from uh, from Danske. A couple of questions. Um, first of all, I, I really would love some insight into yeah, your rather ambitious uh, margin targets for the second half of the year in the minerals business. I mean, you must be thinking that the EBIT margin will be going to 12% plus. Is that based on an assumption on a gross margin of call it 24% adjusted that you have in, in Q2, or what is your thinking behind that that increase? That would be my first question. Uh, as you can see, we have not changed the guidance. We still uh, call for a, an AB ratio between 10 and 11%. I talked about the visibility we have in the, uh, when the, in the uh, very uh, sound backlog we have in front of us. And if you look at the, uh, the guidance we also gave on the, uh, on the revenue between 10 and 11 and you compare that to where we are with, with starting second half, it tells you that we have to actually mirror through the uh, top line a larger number than we did in, in uh, the first six months of the year. And there, of course, we'll see uh, leverage based on a much higher activity going through the, uh, through the P&L. Also supported by a very healthy activity in the aftermarket and our product business. So knowing that, we can maintain the, uh, the guidance and uh, you might look at us aggressive. I think it's uh, if you adjust for the uh, the projects we just talked about, we would have been back to the 24%, which is similar to what we did in 2010 and similar to what we did in 2009 with respect to contribution margin. So we are back on on that same track again, delivering what we have been doing in the uh, in the past couple of years. But, but the improvement is is going to come from leverage, not from a better uh, gross margin than the 24% level that you. Well, you saw. It'll be a combination of same, but leverage is definitely a part of it. Okay. And, and uh, just the the second question: You talked about a similar pipeline now as you did in the beginning of the year, again in the minerals division. Is is I mean, is the best assumption that you you're thinking well, we'll see the same level of orders, or or are you thinking well, obviously the pipeline has a sort of a a longer period before we will get orders out of it, or how do you look at, at that? No, I think the, the reason for mentioning it is just the fact that it's, it's, uh, you, would, you would have to assume that booking $7 billion and uh, plus some of our competitors have also had a very healthy order intake would have depleted the overall inquiry list. And I'm just stating that that's not the case, which tells you that the overall activity and the, uh, the mood around our customers are still very uh, positive to the extent that there's a lot to entertain. I can't talk to the fact uh, where we will end up in the in 2011 as a whole, 
but uh, we are very positive in terms of what we see. And also, again, like I said last time, we are having very healthy uh, discussions with a uh, set of customers that eventually will lead to, uh, to uh, additional order bookings. Okay, thank you. from Handels Bank and Capital Markets. Um, could you comment a bit more on the baseload orders in, uh, in the minerals division? I mean, very high level in the first half of the year. How do you see that developing during the next six months? Define baseload. Unannounced. 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, as I said, it's, uh, it, uh, it's always nice to see that you can uh, repeat what you did in the previous quarter, which gives you some kind of... Uh, a good stomach feeling with respect to what's going to happen in the in the next quarter and the next quarter. So, from what I can see now, I mean, it looks like we are on a uh, on a different track in terms of uh, the level of unannounced orders uh, going forward. And and remind yourself that as part of the unannounced orders are the aftermarket activities, which has uh, grown significantly. Okay, and another question here on on the lead times up 25% for certain technologies. I mean, what 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 are you seeing on the pricing side? So far, with respect to the uh, to the pricing uh, and, and the uh, the overall competitiveness in the market, I'll say over the last uh, 12 months, uh, the the pricing level has uh, has been flat. Uh, we are not back to what we saw in 2007 and 2008, but the pricing level is is flat. Okay, thank you. more questions here, then we take on the telephone. If you have a question for the speaker, please press zero one on your telephone keypad and you enter a queue. After you're announced, please ask your question. The first question comes from Mr. Johan Eliasson at Chevrolet. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, I was uh, wondering about North Africa and then your comments about um, Tunisia, Egypt being back. Uh, how, how should we interpret that? Is, is it so that we will see higher revenues, you think, in the second half over the first half uh, in, 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 in those countries? I guess Libya is, is still out of the question. Or was it mainly referring to, to uh, the, the order pipeline to some extent? Uh, it's just uh, describing the, the situation uh, as uh, at present. And it means that, uh, as I said, we are back in full force in Egypt and Tunisia. It means that um, uh, through uh, second, third and fourth quarter, we will be executing as expected uh, and getting revenue as expected in uh, those areas. But the part uh, also in Tunisia and Egypt that we lost out in the first quarter will not come back this year uh, because we are executing at full speed and, and we can't sort of uh, accelerate that. So uh, this uh, deferred revenue will not come back until 2012. And that goes for, you could say, all of the uh, budgeted uh, turnover in Libya. So we don't expect any of it uh, to come back this year, uh, so to speak. Okay, but, but uh, you, you kind of speed it up 
during Q2. So, I mean, if I just look, compare the revenue recognition, you, you should have uh, definitely higher than in Q1, although that you're not recouping the revenues you kind of didn't get in, in, in Q1. Is, is that correct? Uh, no, the, uh, the revenue in, in the second quarter, uh, you say, is uh, the original uh, planned portion from North Africa in those quarters, and then uh, in addition, of course, fluctuations in other markets. And, and uh, to some extent, uh, part of the revenue that we uh, lost out in North Africa, we have gained uh, by improvements elsewhere, and that is uh, the reason why we can maintain the annual guidance. Understood. Uh, just uh, coming back to the big operations and maintenance contract that, that you kind of referred to, um, you gained last year and a little bit earlier on. You had a couple of big ones, I guess, in Libya is, is nothing happening there. But you had Tunisia, Egypt, and Angola. I guess Angola is, is doing quite well. But, but are, are you uh, already recognizing revenues from the, I think it was uh, two bigger ones in, in Tunisia and Egypt last year? Or is that something that um, it's not expected to, to add revenues this year at all? We are, we are running three uh, cement plants in, in Egypt, and they're all running now. But the new contracts. Which, which one? The contract from last year. Yeah, the, the, the plan is commissioned. So, so we run now, uh, uh, we have uh, basically uh, two, it's two cost, we're talking about two customers, and we're running three cement plants. But not in Tunisia, it's not been. No, 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 I'm talking about Egypt, yeah. No. Oh. Okay. Good. Um, then uh, you mentioned something about prepayments, and you're saying that those are coming um, down, and, and it's mainly due to the cement orders lacking, so to say. Is there still uh, a difference in, in how big a prepayment you get when, when you get the big minerals orders versus cement? Uh, is, is that a part of the, the, the difference here, or...? There's generally still a difference, so the ones that attract most prepayment is, is the cement part. So the mix of more minerals and more customer service really is what is driving down the, the, the overall level of prepayment. But once the big cement orders will be back, that, that picture will change again. Pricing being flat. We, we heard your kind of competitor uh, talking earlier in, in July that they had some problems with pricing also in the, uh, the, the aftermarket. That was primarily related to, to the construction business they have, but also to some extent in, in, in minerals. Is, is that something you have seen at all, or is it just an, an issue they had themselves with the current exposure? Uh, with respect, uh, making reference to, to Finland, I mean, yeah, we, we are not in that uh, segment that they refer to being the, the wear part in, uh, in the construction business. And as I said before, in, in, in the business that we entertain in the segments we are in, we have not, uh, we, as I said, prices are flat. We have not seen any kind of uh, uh, price uh, deterioration, if you will. Excellent. Many thanks. The next question comes from Mr. Jakob Pedersen at Swedbank. Please go ahead. 
Yeah, hi, gentlemen. I uh, just have a single question. I haven't uh, been able to, to hear all of the Q&A, so sorry if it's been asked before. I'd like to hear a, li a little bit more about the loss-making projects in the minerals business. Um, it's not been a habit of yours to, um, to, to tell us about loss-making projects. I don't know if it's, be it's because you haven't had any, but uh, could you talk a bit about, more about the execution capabilities in your minerals business versus uh, what seems to be at least perfect execution in the cement business for many years? Yeah, I mean, as I said, uh, unfortunately not here to listen in to my uh, excellent explanation. But it's, uh, <laughs> there's, there's no difference in the, in the profile of, of how we execute uh, in the cement versus the minerals uh, side of the business. But I, as I did say, and everybody here in the room appreciated that, uh, that we are in a project business, and therefore you have ups and downs as you execute. Uh, unfortunately, this time we had to report on loss-making projects, which we haven't had any of. Going back to 2005, 2006, uh, which again, as I said, uh, proves our track record in a project business. I also said that we have ring-fenced uh, the projects in, in, in question. We have made the necessary precautions. We have, we have uh, introduced more cost in order to, to complete those projects. And, and as such, it's, it's a one-off. I remind you that if you want to ask a question, you'll have to press zero 01 on your telephone keypad. That is zero 01. We have a question for Mr. Ryan Redkins at ABG. Please go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Uh, regarding India, um, how do you see the, the version in relations uh, between India and Denmark affecting your business uh, going forward? We see no consequences uh, whatsoever. Maybe I should uh, let my colleague who lives in India answer, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's just uh, so obvious to us, so it popped out of me. Uh, we've been in India for more than 100 years. We're seen as a local company, and we don't expect any consequences whatsoever. I don't know if you have anything to add. No, I, I agree 100%. I couldn't have said it uh, so beautifully. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I mean, of course, we have been in contact also with the Minister of Foreign Affairs, and uh, it's uh, basically a case that is running in the media. So uh, no changes at all and no changes for businesses and Danish businesses in, in India. And then a question on, uh, on ramping up in, uh, in staff. The, the, the number of employees in the minerals is, is up by some 30% since uh, revenue peak in 2008. Uh, are you planning to, to continuing uh, the ramp up in, in the coming quarters? What is uh, the level going forward here? Uh, yeah, part, part of the, the, uh, the add-on to the payroll, uh, as I said, came from, from an acquisition. Uh, another uh, big piece of it is, is to support our uh, maintenance contracts that uh, will fluctuate over time in terms of the manning uh, required. And then the other uh, uh, part of it is, is the, uh, the one that supports the sales efforts. And there we are probably at a level where we have uh, invested uh, what we need to invest uh, short term at least, in order to uh, support our growth aspirations. And then, as, as you can see, we are, we are continuing to, to add on and, and utilize other parts of the business uh, in order for us to execute the, uh, the backlog. So uh, hoping the market continues uh, to, to grow the way we see it, uh, we will probably uh, add as we go on. But uh, I will uh, doubt that it's going to be at that level uh, going forward. Okay, thanks. The next question comes from Mr. Alexis Donau at BNP Paribas. Please go ahead. 
Yes, good afternoon. Question on uh, on the cement uh, so contracts. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, you had in April uh, so some large uh, letter of intent uh, so signed on the, on some Russian contracts. I mean, it's your expectation that uh, they would be converted uh, so in orders by the year end. And uh, is there any risk to your guidance um, so if the timing was a bit later? Thank you. Yes, uh, you're right. We uh, have uh, very good opportunities in Russia at the moment. We have some uh, letters of intent uh, ongoing, and yes, it will eventually uh, turn into contracts. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't happened yet, but it will eventually, and, and it is not uh, a sign of, of any problems uh, whatsoever. Uh, things uh, take time, and they often take a bit longer time in Russia. There are no further questions at this time. Please go ahead, speakers. Thank you. We'll take a question here. Here. This is Lars Choppen from uh, Carnegie with a follow-up question uh, uh, about Russia, actually, because I wonder if you can put some, some flavor on what actually happened there uh, all of a sudden, Master Group gets funding from HSBC. Uh, you get a, a contract from Oberos Cement, which is not in the backlog yet. Uh, you won the contract for, for the big industrial complex out of St. Petersburg. Uh, wh why does all this happen all of a sudden after such a long time where nothing happened? And when you speak positively about Russia for, for the rest of the year, is that due to, to these three contracts which can potentially enter the backlog, or are we, we talking about something on top of this? Uh, the, I think the key word uh, in Russia, the change that we've seen over the last uh, couple of quarters compared to the uh, previous uh, two years before that, is financing. Uh, that it has, uh, um, it, financing was frozen uh, very quickly and, and um, uh, in a very um, um, uh, complete way in, in Russia. Um, but uh, over the last couple of quarters, we've seen that uh, financing has become possible. We see more uh, activity and, and uh, willingness uh, from the local banks. And, as you mentioned, uh, examples of uh, Western banks, uh, HSBC and others have been uh, active in this market as well, that uh, Western banks are uh, taking, as we must understand, a different look at Russia today than compared to what they did a couple of years ago. So that is why uh, our customers have sort of surfaced again, because uh, all the time there's been a need uh, for more cement in Russia, all the time there's been an interest from customers, but they've been tied by, down by financing possibilities, and they are opening up now. Uh, so, yes, we are positive, based partly on, on specific uh, possibilities, as you mentioned, and also other possibilities that uh, are in the pipeline in Russia. Thanks. Yeah, Kenneth Lalling again. Uh, just to follow up on again on the on the margin in the minerals business. I mean, it, I, I just want to understand your your sort of your view on the progress in the year. Is it supposed to get sort of better and better in the coming quarters, or can you actually sort of is there a particular reason that it will be very back end loaded or very Q3 loaded? Sort of just to give us a little bit of indication in terms of how to model it. Thanks. 
Well, again, I mean, it's, as I said before, it has something to do with the fact that we uh, mirror through uh, more corona through the top line, i.e. more revenue uh, compared to uh, H1, and that uh, we uh, anticipate not to, to see a loss-making projects uh, entering into H2. The mix uh, of the, uh, the revenue being, uh, in particular, the aftermarket activity that carries a higher margin and the products that carries a higher margin versus the projects. So knowing all that uh, will... We'll support me in stating the fact that we maintain the guidance for the, the uh, EBIT ratio, 10 to 11%. But, but what can you see now? Can you see in terms of project, uh, should we call it execution or getting finalized, that it will be continuously improving in the coming quarters, or will it be – or, or how, do, how do you see that? I mean, if it, but what I can see is that based on the, uh, the forecast we have made at the end of June for the remaining of the year is that uh, – all parts of the business are going to yield to the bottom line that we have that we have guided. That's the only guidance I can, I can give you. But I mean, you have to assume that there will be an, an improvement on the project side compared to the first uh, six months of this year. I think it, uh, the, the difficulty of my colleague to be able to answer your question in a satisfying way is also reflecting the fact that uh, even half a year is a fairly short period for our business model. Uh, so we are expressing our expectations, and we can see and model uh, half a year. But splitting it down on quarters uh, becomes uh, very difficult and, and sometimes impossible to do because there are these fluctuations and there are shipments that might be this quarter or might be the following quarter, and, and they can be large and they can have a considerable influence on timing between quarters. That is not unwillingness to answer. No more questions? Neither on the phone? Then thank you for your interest.